Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. If you love yourself, you're not going to tolerate certain relationships. Relationships. You're not going to tolerate certain behavior. You're not yep. going to tolerate certain media. You're not going to. You're not going to insult your soul with your behavior. And so this is. I mean, this is kind of like the the mass problem that we have right. in society today. Is like people are do not love themselves enough. So what do they do? They give their power away. Mm-hmm. They give their power away, but they don't know they're giving their power away to everything and everyone. Yeah. And so recently, um, I had a friend who who told me um because like i've lost touch with her and um something about like that we don't connect not because of our difference of ideologies because we we stand on different sides of the spectrum so to speak but she told me that i made her feel small really Hmm. and uh that was kind of like you know the Mm -hmm. people pleaser in me was like oh my god i'm so sorry like i you know i would never i would never intend to do that and then as i was kind of reflecting on this a little bit more it's like you can't really mm, other people can't really make you feel anything Mm -hmm. Self-esteem. That's why it's called self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Other people can't really hurt your feelings. Other people can't. Like, yes, you can be you can be physically assaulted, yeah. and that's gonna hurt. But emotionally and mentally, like, what what is the filter that you're receiving this information through? So I, I really had to kind of like sit with that. And you know, she's one of my oldest friends, so I did you know internalize it in certain ways. But that was just a further confirmation that it is a sack of a lack of self-love that anyone interprets anybody else's intention is negative towards them welcome back to the podcast today we have a very special guest she's an entrepreneur on a mission from owner and operator of california vegan food company to now creator and life coach at empower your path her aim is to guide educate empower and equip conscious individuals with the tools and support so that they may become the best version of themselves the best way and surest way to any long-term sustainable change is through lifestyle, she believes. Any lifestyle change requires a deeply rooted commitment to one's own personal development and dedication to that evolutionary process. Otherwise, all efforts are wasted. She is here to walk beside her clients and offer the tools so that they be, so they come to understand and embody that they are their own best healer, teacher, coach, and supporter. Please welcome back to the podcast, Rosa Guerrero Contreras. by the way if you want to check out her uh previous episode you can uh you can check it out it's gonna be either here or here somewhere but yeah you can check it out Uh, anyways welcome back thank you (laughs) yeah it's good to have you it's been a while right it has it has about what like a year it's been a little over a year i think Mm, okay awesome so when you were previously here uh you were obviously you still are founder of california vegan food company mm-hmm. but now you're on a, a a different business adventure yes uh and that is empower your path uh by the way before we get started jessica how's it going i'm good i'm good how yeah. are you uh, good 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 to see you <laughs> we're back i love the shirt by the way thank you yeah, she's got yep. some stuff all right <laughs> anyway she want to say hi right so yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life, some changes, uh, and you know, uh, empower your path. Yeah, so we'll kind of start from um, the end of when I decided to take a pause with California Vegan. <laughs> Essentially, I was um, owning and operating a small food business where we created plant-based meat alternatives and two flavors, beef and chicken, and we were offering um, a hot 
Mexican, in, not infusion, um, but taqueria-style menu um, at a farmer's market. The tortas. And so, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we were famous for our tortas. I miss those tortas. <laughs> I know everybody's, uh, you know, letting us know that they miss the tortas and the yeah. breakfast burritos. You got to at least uh, have it, like, um, like you said, like on Yelp or something a couple mm-hmm. times a week just for the tortas. Right, I know. <laughs> I wish it was that simple, yeah. but, but I can talk a little bit about what were the components, right? Because yeah. I definitely... Um, I'm definitely very ambitious and wanted to do a mm-hmm. whole lot of things. Um, and so the the manufacturing of the meat itself was um, essentially a whole business in and of itself. Right. And what happened was um, our two main ingredients uh, essentially became unavailable um, wow. on the global market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the global market. <laughs> yeah. That, wow. That's a good reason to switch gears and yeah. pivot, right? Right. Yeah. No, yeah. So we were buying our uh, organic vital wheat gluten from Holland because it was the cleanest um, right. product you me about that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that I could find. And um, all of a sudden it was it was unavailable. Wow. And so the alternatives were going to be not as good quality and a lot more expensive. Wow. So I wasn't willing to uh, increase our prices and reduce our quality in order to just keep going Um, and in addition to that uh, you know like covid mandates and all that became just like a lot more strict and so as i was looking forward the future of food was just becoming a lot less appealing really Uh uh-huh to kind of like stay in this game and you know like hustle and continue to work in the kitchen because all of the while uh for the most part with california vegan i was working a job at the same time okay and so in november of last year i decided to quit my job and really just like go off um, go off on my own. And so I've been an independent human being since wow. November, which has been really, um, exciting, exciting scary, scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been, it's been absolutely crazy. So once all of these different factors, you know, the, the product not being, um, available and also the trajectory of our farmer's market, which I love our farmer's market, you know, like kudos to everybody who is involved, with that space um but also they weren't doing like the marketing and advertising work that was necessary in order for them to continue to to be sustainably growing and so yeah okay you can depend on your vendors to continue to market themselves and have their own audience and this and that but i'm i'm not looking to just like so they wanted you guys to do all the work basically basically yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) said we'll provide the spot you guys do all the work and so, you know, I was I was on them, you know, for months and yeah. months and months. And I was even I had someone doing my social media. So I was trying to get her, you know, to help them do their social media. But they weren't even in the realm of thinking of like, oh, right. I'm going to create a space. We're going to create a position right. for someone. So essentially they didn't want to pay yeah. for the work to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, no, no shade on the Farmers Market Association. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was just like very many variables that led me to want to embark on this life coach journey um and so i created empower your path wow that's 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 kind of crazy but also they always say uh a a rejection or 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 it's not a rejection it's kind of a redirection right yeah or like when the door closes another one opens right for example that's where this whole podcast came about right i mean i'm still in the financial service industry i've been doing it for 10 years but i pivoted during covid because of just opportunities and things changing and stuff like that. So I kind of understand exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. So now empower your path, right? Yes. So has this been something you've always wanted to do or is this something that just kind of came up because of the circumstances? I mean, it's something that I never really knew. You know, I had heard about coaching, coaching. I had heard about life coaches, but I had never known, you know, what it was all about. Right. And so June of 2020, I got a coach for me. 
because, you know, as I'm in this like leadership development mm-hmm. role and, you know, trying to grow within myself professionally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the things, um, you know, I got a coach and she just helped me like substantially. Like it was, it was amazing. Not only, you know, the partnership, the mentorship, the guidance, um, the support. And then we kind of got after a couple months started talking about what it could be like for me to be a coach. Mm. Because, you know, as I begin to do research in Tony Robbins and all this, um, we're like, okay, you know, what does it take? Like who, you know, who, who, who are coaches? Um, so I download this PDF about like, oh, here's the five like characteristics yeah. of being a coach. And I was like, okay, well, I have all of yeah, them. Yeah, you kind of so. like checked all the boxes, right? Yeah, yeah, I checked all the boxes and then I got my mind going. So yeah. I started thinking about how, how can I do this? You know, how can I be a coach? Because I also... Um, just like, I'm not the best capitalist in mm-hmm. the world. So for California vegan, I wasn't so excited to, you know, to go raise money and go, mm-hmm. you know, do the horse and pony show for yeah. investors and all that. Like I, the CFO. yeah, like yeah. I, and I, I kind of want to be self-made, you know, to gotcha. the extent that this is my, my dream would be to, to make my own money so that I can invest or that, so I can have more to bring to the table gotcha. when it comes to California vegan, instead of just being, you know, just like, yeah. just like struggling entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> hey, every entrepreneurship is a struggle. For yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of checked all the boxes, but actually uh, you made a good point. You, you got a coach first mm-hmm. because they always say, if you want to like, there's, if you want to be a good leader, you must first be a good follower. If yeah. you want to be a good teacher, you must first be a good student. So you kind of took the the road of getting your own coach and then and then has, did that help you in any way kind of you know see like the path already 100% my my coach helped to take me from um right cuz i i had a job so i was working a w2 job so with her i've been through the evolution of leaving my job starting the coaching business closing my old business and i've had maybe three or four iterations of the coaching business up until this point so as a mentor yeah that's powerful by the way in any business if you have a mentor someone who's already done it is already successful like Mm -hmm. it just it just makes it a lot easier yeah i'm sure when you were building and creating california vegan food did you have a mentor then or you're just kind of figuring it all out? Um, I did. I had, I had many mentors. I had many people who were kind of there to, you know, like salt and pepper me along yeah. the way. Um, so, yeah. And I, I agree for, for anything that you're doing, like a mentor just to look up to, just to, you know, hold space for you, just to relate to, because a lot of the times it can be very lonely. Yeah. 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 And it just helps you avoid maybe certain mistakes or, mm-hmm. you know, just get there faster. Like I... I don't have a mentor for this mm-hmm. podcast. I just watch podcasts. That's yeah. kind of like my mentor, you yeah. know? I wish I did. You know, if you're out there, <laughs> I'm looking for a mentor for a podcast. Joe Rogan, I don't know if you're out there. Like, you know what I mean? But I <laughs> uh, just kidding. That's ambitious, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't you know. You never know. Hey, but no, I understand the, the importance of a mentor. So, yes. So Empower Your Path, tell us about it. Are you, you know, tell us, you know, where it's headed, like what you're excited about, what you're mm-hmm. learning from it. Yeah, absolutely. So I've kind of, you know, it's been evolving as I have. I started Empower Your Path really coming out of my kind of more businessy focus. And yeah. so I was like, okay, entrepreneurship, we're going to, you know, I built a small group of rising entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and that was good for a while, but I also saw kind of like the need for, um, it's hard for me to compartmentalize all of these parts of our beings. Like humans have so many aspects and it's really, you know, it's, 
it's catchy or it's popular to isolate them and to say, oh, we're only going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're only going to talk about making money and how to do it and all of those like soft and hard skills. Right. Or we're only going to talk about, um, you know, self-care and we're only going to talk about mental health. And, and of course, there's the other side of the spectrum where we talk about spirituality and we talk about like all this metaphysical stuff. And um, for me, what it ended up being is that like I can't, I can't separate them because they all are a part of our being to some extent. And everybody is going to come to that conversation at a different level mm -hmm. with different experience. So what I've created now, well, it has evolved now because I am five months pregnant. And yes. so congratulations, by the way. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm super excited. And yeah. so I dove in to um, educating myself on all things pregnancy, understanding the industry of birthing. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a whole other space of corruption and of, yeah, yeah of, of extreme negativity of separation from nature of um you know removing rights from a human being and so after like understanding all of these things about the industry of birth i was like wow <laughs> I was like this is amazing so now i've really pivoted into focusing on um, my youtube channel intuitive mama okay um our youtube playlist intuitive mama. we'll leave the links in the description below so you want to check out yes. our channel <laughs> look below Yes. And so really talking about how do we empower women and it's not just women, it's anybody who, you know, cares about birth in general. Right. But of course, women who want to have babies, um, they are the ones who should be in the driver's seat of their health. Yeah. By the way, birth, too. Um, yes. That's a topic that because um, my sister, she's had three kids and mm -hmm. she tried to have the last one at home in a pool, like, you know, home birth and all yeah. that, like they used to back in the day. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so I've heard a lot of things about how having a birth when you're laying down kind of how they are is not very healthy it's not healthy for the woman it's not mm -hmm. healthy for the baby mm -hmm. um you know obviously they try to give people lots of drugs nowadays and all that kind of stuff so yep. can you talk a little bit because you mentioned something and i think it's important because number one this whole topic of pregnancy and birth is probably t unknown and taboo for many women and you know men of course in general that have you know wives and significant others that are pregnant mm -hmm. um and i know that you know, big, uh, the big medical industry has kind of taken over and created health into, well, I won't say health because they're not even about health anymore, but yeah. our, our lives, our, our sick care into like a business, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that. Like talk about yeah. what you're learning, what you're sharing with other people. Uh, what is the proper healthiest way to have a, a, a birth, you know, in a pregnancy and stuff like that? Absolutely. So this is the thing that I have just recently become so just entrenched in. Um, I'm already on my second book, nice. learning about home births, learning about orgasmic birth, which we'll talk wow. about in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, better than painful, right? Better, way better than painful. Oh my god! And that's that's the premise. The premise or the myth is that birth has to be painful, okay. birth has to be excruciating, birth has to be scary, and birth has to be done in a hospital. Right. It does not. Wow. And and actually, um, in the hospital, the reason why it is so you know convoluted and for all the reasons that you talked about, yes, having birth on your back is actually doesn't make any sense, because for a woman's pelvis to for your legs to be open, your pelvis is closed. Wow! So you actually want your legs to be closed, your knees to be closer together, so that your pelvis is open, so that then your sense. canal is open. Wow! So it's incredible to me and just that just that little fact right we don't need to talk about the drugs we don't need to talk about anything yeah. else just the, the mere fact of that they don't know how your pelvis is open or closed that means that they're benefiting the whole sit up set up 
for giving birth is in benefit of the doctor. Of course. Not in benefit of the woman. Yeah. So they claim that it's for the child. This is for, you know, the health and the safety of the child. But the health and the safety of the child is intrinsically connected with the health and the safety of the mother. Exactly. So, boom, that blows my mind. And so... So, the, so real quick, first yeah. and foremost, your, your, your knees are supposed to be closed, mm-hmm. not open. And that makes sense because you're like this. Yeah. So I don't... I cannot have a birth... And this is going to be kind of weird, but we actually are not supposed to poop the way we do, right? We're That's supposed right. to crouch. Yes. You know, we're not supposed to be up on a chair because of the way mm-hmm. your anatomy is when you're whatever. But I don't want to make this a poop conversation, yeah. right? But, but very, very same but it's, concept. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I bought the, the little stool, the little step. Squatty thing, potty? Right? Yeah, squatty mm-hmm. potty, right? Yeah, I have one too. So anyways, right. We're not sponsored by squatty potty, but <laughs> Maybe we we'll take all the sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. But it just goes to human anatomy, how mm-hmm. we're supposed to, you know, do certain things, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so the first thing you talk about, being having a, a baby on your back is not healthy for the mom or for the baby because the, it makes sense. The canal is closed. All right, mm-hmm. so 100%. Yeah. And then the other piece that we need to remember, like you said, the, the industry of medicine is a business. Right. We still, all of our systems still operate under capitalism. So there's mm-hmm. this like, there's this, you know, rosy veil over medicine that like they have our best interests in mind, that they care about us, that it's safe, mm-hmm. that it's, you know, it's technologically. <laughs> <advanced. laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, right. And all of that yeah. is, it's a myth. Right. So if it works for you, fabulous. Right. I am so, you know, I'm so happy for the people that it works for. I hope it continues to work for you and that you are vibrant and you're living just the best life. Right. But it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And it's, 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 it doesn't work for anybody. They no. just think it does, right? And so I, for one, am not trying to go to the hospital when I'm in labor. Number one, I'm not trying to leave my home right. when I'm in pain. Right. And then have to like go and be bureaucratically taken through a process yeah. and then like checked in 100% and like bureaucratically. Yeah. yeah, all of that. That's not that doesn't make me feel like, oh, you know, I'm I'm being pampered. I'm being taken mm-hmm. care of because at home I can take care of myself. Right. So number two, um, there is what's called a uh, cascade of interventions. So the hospital also is going to have you on a schedule. So if you are not dilated to a certain centimeter by a certain time, they're going to induce you. If wow. you aren't, if your contractions aren't close enough at a certain time, they're going to give you another chemical. Um, so they're going to force it, basically. They're going to force that baby out the whole way through. Yeah. And if you don't give birth at a certain time, they're going to cut you open. Wow. They're yeah. going to give you a cesarean. And that's another thing. So, so, like you said, everything is basically forced to benefit the hospitals and 100%. their procedures. Mm-hmm. Right? And they want cesareans. They want epidurals because those give them That's more money. money. Right. 100%. Yeah. So talk about cesarean. Is Does that mean that cesareans are basically created by hospitals or is it kind of a necessary mm. thing? Not, not necessarily. There are some emergency yeah. situations. And so I want to be like sensitive to everybody who does have emergency situations right, where right. a cesarean is necessary, but um, it's not always the case. Yeah. So, I mean, and obviously, I don't think any woman out there is like looking forward to a cesarean, right? Because mm-hmm. they basically split you in I half. I mean, they cut you open. You I know? mean, they cut, they cut they a cut, small hole yeah. underneath your... Well, Isaac, was, they cut you open. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, a big, that's a big cut, okay? I've seen cesarean is. scars. It's a big scar. Yeah. And it's not something that like I personally like want to get. So, you know, again, to everybody out there who like wants to... Get, I had my cousin commented on Facebook. She's like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but cesarean all the way. And I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, yeah. if that's cool for you and yeah. you, you want to have surgery, like great. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's definitely not the situation for me. So I am planning a home, 
water birth with a midwife. And so I will have a team of six people, okay. um, including myself and my husband, in the birthing process. So talk about that. Is that difficult to put together? Is it is it like hard to find that? Or is it pretty simple? Just people don't even think about it. I think um, I'm trying to... So from my perspective, okay. like this is the best option for me. So I don't, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I am so excited to, for the challenge. And I think, right? I, I think fear would probably take over most 100%. women. 100%. Right? Because of the conditioning and the, and the, uh, yeah, the conditioning we have. That is, that is, that is the it, the fear. Okay. So I was actually at a quinceanera this weekend, had a conversation with a woman who is also like a little bit less pregnant than I am. And <laughs> less pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good like, way to put it. She's less pregnant. <laughs> she's less pregnant. I'm more pregnant. Yeah. Um, and she said, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a water birth at home. And this and this so excited. And she was like, oh, I'm too scared to do that. That's crazy. I feel it. I yeah. get it. I get it. And I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, but this is the whole piece about. And so next Wednesday, October 6th um, at 7 p.m. on YouTube Live, there you go. I am going to have a free masterclass about the building blocks towards an orgasmic birth. All right. And that's going to be the principal thing that we talk about is you have to dispel your fears. Yeah. You have to get rid of your fears. There's no way if you're not confident enough in yourself if you're not sure enough in your ability, in your body's own ability to know, like women, women, no matter what, you know, sexuality you prescribe to, our bodies were made to have babies. Right. This is this is why we have uteruses. You know, this, this mm -hmm. is the whole point. Yeah, I can't have um, a baby. No, I wouldn't want to. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? So, a lot of people, I feel like in medicine, maybe I'm, I'm sure like higher up, it's all about business. Right. Yeah. But when it go down to a, lo a lower scale, when you have nurses and doctors, a lot of people go into medicine because they want to help. Yes. They're not thinking about like, well, I can't wait to grab all this money from this poor, this poor woman who's going through all this pain and stuff. So I understand like up top. But what about the people that are like, act I feel like a lot of people are actually there to help you and not are thinking about they're not thinking about money. They're thinking about you and your safety and the safety of the baby. Yes. And I think like sometimes, too, I mean, I'm not a mother and mm -hmm. I haven't seen a childbirth. I've been through it. But I know like sometimes they have to induce because it's for the baby, like the baby's not coming. And if it doesn't come out at a certain time or like it's going to make things worse for both parties or i don't know mm -hmm. if that's like they make that up but i've heard that like you know sometimes a mother's been in labor for days and the baby's mm -hmm. just not coming and if it doesn't come out then things can go wrong so yes. um yeah just you you do you if something were to go wrong with your situation are you gonna go to the hospital potentially if that because there's all like there is potentially the worst case scenario that you have to be aware of obviously you hope that's not the case right you mm -hmm. hope it's a wonderful easy birth but yeah so would you go to the hospital if something were to like not go 100 correct in which way you're planning yeah no I, I love that you bring this up because on the one hand you're, you're absolutely right the nurses and everybody more so on the ground in the like patient care level they're not they're not looking at the thirty three thousand dollars that it costs you know for yeah. the cesarean they're not trying to make that happen at all to some degree, right, they have been indoctrinated with their mm -hmm. education, so they don't know the full scope of what is possible. Um, and I, I do believe that they are there, you know, they have your best interests in mind and all of the things. And so, again, my respects to everybody who does labor and delivery, because that's not an easy job uh, beyond any means. And this is the, sa the same thing that my mom keeps bringing up with me, because I am so, you know, like revolutionary in the sense that like I really want to have a home birth but of course like if something happens like if I start to hemorrhage I have to go to the yeah, hospital yeah you know and these are all like the contingency plans that mm -hmm. I will make with mm -hmm. my midwife because I'm not you know I'm not so naive to think that like 
it's like on the one hand you have to be prepared for absolutely anything but yes. then on the other hand like i i do believe and i'm committed to like having a pleasurable birth mm-hmm. yeah. so so i think western medicine has its place uh, and like you said uh and to your point just i don't think you go into medicine if you don't like to help people no. yeah especially nurses i mean doctors <laughs> they kind of have it easy that they have the cush job the nurses do all the work you know mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't go and be a nurse or anything like that because it's hard work. I mean, mm-hmm. you're there for hours. You're dealing yeah. with people that are sick and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think what – and it does have its place because my Absolutely. sister did try to have a, a home birth. Oh, yeah. She what had complications. Mm-hmm. She, had to be, she had to go to the hospital. So mm-hmm. whatever, right? Yeah. But she tried, you know. Um, but I think uh, what, 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 what you're saying and what I agree with is that the system itself is kind of flawed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if someone's taught, in a system that's flawed, it's still going to be flawed. It doesn't mean they're bad people because obviously, yeah. like I said, if you're a nurse, even doctor, all that kind of stuff, thank you for what you do. You know, you guys are saving lives for the most part, right? Um, actually, for the most part, doctors are just prescribing medicine. Well, yeah, right? and you know, the, yeah. the the third like top reason for death is uh, medical error. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I have a story of a really good friend of mine whose daughter is now uh, handicapped because mm-hmm. it was medical error mm-hmm. right um but anyways that's for another podcast but yeah. um i think uh i just think that people just have to kind of be more aware and awoke and not just believe everything because i'm woke you know what i mean woke is kind of like a, a lonely uh kind of like you know they say ignorance is bliss you know what i mean like once you're woke and you mm-hmm. kind of realize a lot of things you kind of like it's kind of lonely because everyone else is just still in the matrix, so so to speak, right? Yeah. But um, when the woke movement has been has been hijacked at this point, yeah. So it's like you know you're you're conscious, right? And we're we're as conscious as we can possibly be. Yeah. And so I feel like this is the part where I don't I don't denounce or you know feel that medical professionals like don't have a place. Of course, they course, absolutely yeah. do. Like if I break my leg, I'm not going to pour earth you. on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> thank you for what you do, but yeah. also I feel that like we as individuals, like we have to take care of ourselves every day. Like we are the ones who are feeding ourselves and bathing yeah. ourselves. Like we should be in the driver's seat and we should be able to lean on our medical team. We should be able to use them as resources, yeah. not not as these God, you know, figures in yeah. white coats and just believe whatever they say. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and, and yeah, so I think that's kind of more like what we're talking about. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, so, so let's go back to it, orgasmic birth, because mm-hmm. most people look at, I mean, most people look at childbirth as something like painful and, yep. and just not fun. You know what I mean? And well, did you, is this your first child? This is my first child. Have yeah. you like talked to other women who have gone through like the, like actually giving birth? I've, I've talked to many yeah yeah i've, I've been like surveying so many you? women so many stories i feel like like everyone is like oh it's like so beautiful it's like the gift of blah, blah blah and you're like okay and then you like hear them talk about it and you're like i'm like mm-hmm. what they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you know i was screaming and i had this happen and like oh it pooped and it's just like all this yeah. stuff and i'm like oh my god like <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes women will like like, like oh it's it's wonderful because they're trying to like mm-hmm. manipulate or like just be like trick you like yeah have a kid it's great and mm-hmm. then when you're new, like what this isn't great this is crazy like the great is the afterwards when yeah you, yeah that's like yeah i'm just but that's orgasmic birth that mm-hmm. sounds very intriguing yeah because it is it is possible okay. so i'm just at the end of uh reading this book called orgasmic birth okay. um by Oh my God, I'm not going to remember her name right now. Deborah. Okay, we'll leave it in the description below. Elizabeth, Deborah, something like that. Okay. okay. Anyways, so it's fabulous. It's wonderful. And really, the 
the pieces that are necessary are to dispel your fears and it's all about doing your personal work yeah. it's all about and so once i was reading this book and understanding i was like holy shit i'm a life coach and like all of this comes together yeah. because i had created my first uh, program was conscious lifestyle program which i feel like is a little bit too broad for people like what the hell does that mean <laughs> like <laughs> like conscious lifestyle like it's a little bit of everything yeah. and essentially you know it is it is the the taking care of your vessel taking care of your body it is um, being aware and conscious of your environment and all of the things. It's not just like the items and the things that you have, but it's also mm. the people that you entertain. Yeah. Um, you know, it's your coworkers, it's your job, it's how everything affects your, your, your mental health. And then it's your spirituality, you know, it's mm. your faith. It's like what you believe in. It's those, it's those, uh, building blocks to your being, right. That most people aren't willing to break apart and look at and say, Oh, that doesn't serve me. That yeah. doesn't serve me. <laughs> I think, um, a lot of it has to do with the society where it is today. Mm. Um, delayed gratification, uh, instant gratification, instant gratification. Yep. Instant gratification uh, nobody wants to work for anything. They just want to take a pill, you know? Um, and then I was watching the Joe Rogan, um, Patrick, but David podcast. And he asked him a question about why are not, why are people not so successful nowadays? Mm. And Joe Rogan had a very like, actually, if you haven't seen it, just go watch the beginning. We had a very good response. He says, I don't think it's harder for people to succeed today. I think the excuses are just easier nowadays. Mm. Like people make like, oh, because I don't have this or I don't have that. Or the distractions yeah, are greater. Yeah, the distra <laughs> distractions too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you said, this whole 360 degree view, like mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very interesting way to put it because I never heard of, of it that way. And I'm sure life coaches think that way, but. Like, yeah, if, if you just fix one part of you and everything else is going to hell, like it ain't going to work, you know? And just like um, one important thing, because I'm plant-based, I'm vegan and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not going to make me healthy if mentally I'm all messed up, you know yeah. what I mean? If I'm like depressed or if I'm negative or if whatever, I'm still going to be unhealthy because that's the other part. And then, and then, and then you have to work out, you know, because that's the physical and the fitness and all that kind of stuff. And then you have to have good people around you because that's the associations. And so, yeah, so, so, so talk about more about that because that's very interesting. And I, I, I've, I've heard, I haven't heard it put that way in essence, but is that what you're trying to do? You're trying to basically do like a 360 degree mm -hmm. holistic approach to yeah. healing people or helping people. Or yeah. yeah. And really helping people to build like their own foundations, okay. right. Or to have access to certain tools, to certain resources. Um, and what, what it is a lot is just like mental processes. Mm -hmm. And so becoming aware of these things, like if, if someone is unconscious that they are a sucker for, um, what did you say? Instant gratification. Yes. If they don't know that, then they are just going to react, right? They're going to react mm -hmm. to their life and they're going to continue to feed that instant awareness. gratification. Yeah. Awareness is number one, right? Mm -hmm. And so I also teach about um, the pyramid of self-mastery. Mm -hmm. And awareness is number one, but awareness is extremely dynamic. There's so many things to be yeah. aware about in this universe. Um, and so as... We all have the King Tut syndrome, like my dad's... Or Queen Tut syndrome. Oh, the, yeah? the, the king of denial. <laughs> That's so God. cute. Yeah. So along, along this journey, you know, I continue to figure out, like, what is it that people really need? Because mm -hmm. initially, like, it was, like, entrepreneurship, and then it was going to be, like, vegan nutrition. And I was like, no, vegan nutrition. Like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm personally vegan, but I'm also growing... Not growing out of veganism, because I'm not called to eat animals, but... 
I feel like it's so much more than just not eating animals, you yeah. know, because it's being conscious about everything yeah. that you consume. Well, veganism is a lifestyle. Plant-based yes. diet is a diet. So yes. a lot of people confuse. Uh, I, don't, I shouldn't even say that I'm vegan because mm -hmm. I still have like some leather products or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am against any harm to animals. I can't even watch like the videos, like if even any little rabbit, like mm -hmm. I was watching this thing on, uh, it's on my um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. They have a little baby, a little rabbit about to be slaughtered and there's all these dead rabbits hanging and it's, mm -hmm. it knows it's going to die and it's 100%. like freaking out trying to get the hell out of there. And I'm like, damn, like I can't even watch that kind of stuff too. I feel like, why is that on your Instagram? Because <laughs> it's my vegan, it's, it's my vegan legends Instagram. Oh, it's so like so I follow all these vegan like people. So it's trying to, it's just like being like very aggressively feet. like like be a vegan or blatant, well, blatant about why some, you should some be of vegan. those vegans are pretty much like those like, but it's it's a fact. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's yeah. true, but they're just sens like sensationalizing it and making stuff. it like really like yeah. in your face, mm -hmm. so you're like oh. They basically just found like video from slaughterhouses and mm. they post it so that people can be woken up and aware. Like, okay, if you're gonna eat, because I, I think and this is not a vegan conversation. I don't mm -hmm. want to take away from what, okay. what we're talking about, but I have something to add to it though. So <laughs> this might this might actually go along. We're we're detached so much from everything. We're mm -hmm. detached from the animals that we kill. We're detached from nature. We're detached from how our uh, stuff we consume is destroying the earth you know mm -hmm. we, we're not even attached to it anymore so yeah. how can you how can you even be sensitive about it or even care if you don't even feel it like you don't even know it's just yeah. kind of like we're detached from cash yeah like a credit card you spend 30 percent more when you swipe because you don't feel it but if you had actual physical cash and you're mm -hmm. handing away your dollars you're just kind of you spend less because you're like give me my cash and I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get rid of it right so yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, because uh, so the piece about like veganism and vegetarianism and how like, you know, uh, plants don't have feelings. Right. But essentially, once you increase your level of awareness and um, metaphysically, like everything in this universe has consciousness. Yeah. So plants and vegetables do have feelings <laughs> they do they do have I'm consciousness sorry, and, you, <laughs> and you can measure it but it's it's hilarious i was just watching a david wilcock video and he was quoting um research done by a scientist named bowers and bowers was talking about all of this and he he electrically like measured like the responses and essentially using um, a lie a lie detector machine same uh -huh. same process okay. and he could hook up plants and so he would like yell at the plant and be really aggressive and like i'm gonna chop you down i'm gonna burn you up and the plant would start to scream and so like the machine oh, wow. the machine would go off and go crazy and the yeah. same thing when we go to cook our plants so all we really have to do is pray over them because apparently their consciousness <laughs> their consciousness oh, knows that we are that they're here for our consumption what about fruits fruits as well really they're the all alive mm -hmm. yeah okay oh i well, mean isn't like everything a living being like it's growing so it would yeah. you would think it's alive yeah. right on my personal instagram so i i merged I had an Empower Your Path Instagram, but it felt weird to manage two Instagrams yeah. because I'm not a separate person. Yeah. I just want it all to be one. So my personal Instagram is uh, queen underscore of underscore duality. Okay. And I just talked about intuitive eating and how, especially for people, because I, I keep having this, this desire to help others see that there is a way to transform their diet habits in a way that's not restrictive. Right. Because mm -hmm. that, that's always what I get. Like I was just in the car on Monday and um, this girl, I was like, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't eaten meat since I was 16. And in Spanish, she was like, oh my God, that sounds so difficult. Yeah. And I was like, I, I get why you feel that it's difficult, but it doesn't have to be. Do you know where that comes you know? from? Where? Number one, addiction. 
It is. Well, it's an addiction to so, flesh. Yeah. So <laughs> when you're an addict and someone tells you you can't have it, and you're like, ah, yeah. your body's screaming like, ah. <laughs> no, yeah. anyway, so, anyway, no, it's okay. I feel it. I feel yeah. it 100%, and I see it a lot. And so, yeah, I was just trying to figure out like what what is a way that we can be just like a little bit more because if you if you take the meat eater and you take the vegan, like it's never gonna work. Like yeah. they're never gonna get yeah. along. You're just gonna keep screaming at each other, and it's yeah. not there's yeah, not gonna Isaac, be. I'm gonna scream <laughs> <at you> later. <laughs> There's not going to be like a happy but in I'm between not a vegan anymore. Yeah. That's what when I first went vegan. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. I know. Yeah. I feel it. We all we all have our evolution yeah. <laughs> through through I this process my... because well, in, in the beginning <laughs> in the beginning you feel like this is going to change the world. Yeah, it changes your life. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It, it really does. But yeah, really finding and what what I've always strived to do with California Vegan or what if, what, what I'm doing now is to be a bridge builder. Yeah. Like I'm trying to connect. I'm not trying to yeah. can, I'm not trying to cancel culture. I'm not trying to do anything that's going to like demonize one Repel, group or the right, other yeah. yeah you have to attract no, no. yeah we're going we're going to connect we're going to attract like we're trying to be a magnet for positive change yeah so shoot i just lost it but you mentioned something um damn it okay just keep talking <laughs> okay what goes See, in i want to know so what goes into make sure becoming, you have the senior moment thing uh, i know right <laughs> becoming a life coach like there's not like a college like there's no pro like programs right to become there are there are for life mm-hmm. coaches now that's so a thing. there are tons of programs and certifications and colleges and like there's so many different ways that you can cut the cake but at the end of the day you don't need any of that like there's no there's no <laughs> there's no association there's no governing body you know that keeps track of all of these things and so um again like i don't know there's this there's this extremely rebellious part of me that wants to go against the grain of everything entrepreneur Um, yeah leader and so i don't want to have to get a certification to prove my value Mm -hmm. to people i want to be enough in my existence with my experience and so you know i've had a couple clients tell me oh yeah he's like "What, what certifications do you have or this and that and I'll just explain to them like all the shit that I've been through in my life, yeah. <laughs> like all of You're the like things. Life, <laughs> like the school of hard knocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But like the Earth School is yeah. is the best teacher. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. You know, for me, I mean, yes, I went to school. You know, I went to college. I went to the University of San Francisco, and whatever. But <laughs> at the same time, like I didn't nothing that I learned 100%. from school is applicable to yeah. whatever I'm doing now. You ever see that meme where it goes, I'm so glad we studied uh, a parallelograms mm. in college because I ha- I have to do my parallelogram or parallelogram seasons coming up. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so glad. Wait, I just killed it. I'm so glad we learned about parallelograms instead of how to do your taxes mm. because parallelogram season is yeah. coming <laughs> up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true, Anyways, but that's a whole you know, other thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, and how we were talking about before we got started about all of the ways in which we are lied to or all right. the things that are hidden from mm-hmm. us, it's like practical life skills. Like all of yeah. our parents went to school and had like shop or yeah. had mm-hmm. like home ec and like learned how to build things or learned how to like school balance a checkbook. School became a business. A hundred percent. And school became a business to benefit a very specific yeah. group of people. And by the way, we're, we're not, I'm not against education. Not we're all. not against it at all. Please get education. Like, I don't want my doctor being like, you know what? I just went to the school of life, so I'm just going to chop you open. <laughs> yes. If you have a specific career that takes, like, an education, mm-hmm. but, like, business and, you know, stuff like that, I mean, uh, school's not going to – school is not the answer to everything, but please get an education, and especially if you're in a specialized skill, yes. like engineering or stuff like that. Uh-huh. Or a, like a lawyer or yeah. all that. Like that That needs, that needs school. school. That needs know? extreme structure and, you know, very yeah. diligent, but like life coaching. Yeah. No. Like it is. It that is needs a, life. <laughs> that yeah. needs life, 100%. That needs the school of hard knocks. Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, like they say, like most teachers and professors, and again, and we're not dissing professors and teachers because you guys do a great job, but if you've never ran a business – 
how can you teach somebody how to run a business? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you've never uh, actually applied that stuff in your life, and uh, actually a lot of the universities are switching to bring in like mentors and teachers that have ran businesses. Like, mm-hmm. So Pepperdine has a program where they bring in people from the industry to teach about whatever subject like is marketing. They own a marketing company. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they come and they teach students like that. But most of the time, you're being taught by somebody who just went to school, never actually did it, and they're just teaching you something from a book, which you can learn, but it's not like the school of hard knocks, like life. That's right. I don't know if that's true. At least for my, when I went to San Jose State, all my professors in the journalism department were journalists, and they're like they did journalism. They went out, and my yeah. one professor was from Afghanistan. She went out into the field. She was a reporter, so and cool. then then they came back, and then they taught. So I don't think all teachers are just like. I'm going to go to school and I read my book and now I'm going to teach you about it. No, it's mm-hmm. some of some people actually go out, they have their careers, they learn, they have the experiences and they come back. Cause they want to share those experiences and like nurture the, the new like incoming students and everything. Hundred And I think San Jose State is actually a really good school because when she was in school, tell her just real quick about what you guys had to do. Uh, when we, we took a study abroad trip to Greece and Italy and mm-hmm. got to meet refugees that were fleeing from like Syria and Afghanistan and Iran or Iraq. So it was really yeah. awesome experience. But mm-hmm. yeah. Tell her about the mountain of Oh, the mountain of life jackets. Yeah. There's just like fields and fields of life jackets from refugees that were mm. like on the boats because they overpacked the boats and yeah. they would like capsize. And, but some of them, like I'm, we were hoping that the life jackets were a sign that people made it across um, and safely, but you never mm-hmm. know. So yeah. yeah, it was really intense. But all my professors were either in some sort of media they were either um like like broadcast or they were um like paper like newspaper or whatever or written what's the word for it i forget it's like it's kind of dying out now when i when i was at school it's kind of dying but yeah who reads newspapers but most of them had hamsters cage now (laughs) had experience so i think i don't know like what the the percentages Mm -hmm. of professors are just like they have no experience but at least from my experience at san jose state they did have experience in the field that they were teaching well yeah. that's good and i also went to college back in 2003 which was 18 years ago so <laughs> yeah old man <laughs> yeah, things might have changed in the last two decades right so if they have colleges good job right anyway, let's get back to you right yeah so. of course but i do i do agree that in general like we should have a elevated standard yeah. of education 100%. and mm. i believe i forget what the documentary is called but there is a documentary that that looks at like greenland new zealand and like a couple of other countries where like the education system you know they're they're interviewing a teacher and she was like there are no bad schools like they're all just good schools because like why would you have to have this like capitalistic race about like oh i believe in competition in yeah. schools and yeah. some schools have to be better than others like they're all our kids yeah. like why do we have to treat yeah. them differently anyways um but yeah, kind of like capitalism is definitely um uh, a unique uh, system and i mean i'm all for capitalism but mm-hmm. you know it, it could cause issues in certain social services yeah i don't think it needs to be applied to all industry yeah you know like, like some industry you like need yeah. capitalism mm-hmm. for it to for yeah. it to flourish right but yeah. yeah like healthcare social services education like yeah and yeah. by the way, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the United States. Uh, I was born and raised here. It's the, we're still the greatest co- country in the world. <laughs> However, it, 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 God. Ex- it, expo- we're still. <laughs> it exposes you. Capitalism exposes people. Mm, it yeah, exposes it shows- who works, who doesn't, 
who who you know who Which thinks exposes big exposes the, bl- the yeah. blood suckers yeah to <laughs> yeah i mean it does it, yeah. it, it, it's it's an expose it's an exposure system hmm. it exposes the worst of the worst the best of the best mm-hmm. it, it, that's what it is mm-hmm. it's the true wild west free market but anyways yeah we're getting off topic Going yeah. back to you. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, segue out of that. I just like realized that I'm not a good capitalist in this system. So okay. I'm trying to figure out what works for me okay. because I'm not at, at that moment. Like when I paused California vegan, I wasn't interested in playing the game. Okay. I wasn't interested. Yes. I want to use food as a positive way to, to have transform. Have you ever thought of selling your idea to somebody who is a capitalist? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have. And so if anybody wants <laughs> the idea and well, wants to... Because you built to, something that was pretty successful. Yeah, you know it was. I mean? And it, it has potential. And yeah, so, I it, mean, the idea yeah. that I have is that when I when I have my own capital, like I'm going to I'm gonna do it the way that I want to do gotcha. it. And so I was So telling. you're just pivoting and then you want to return back to it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. essentially, I want to create... Um, I just missed the <laughs> I, I want to create a, a new age sort of empire. I don't gotcha. want to call it an empire because that doesn't feel good to me. I'm not trying to be, you know, the queen of the castle. Mm-hmm. But not all empires um, are bad. Exactly. So but they um, all fail. This is true. So I don't want it to be an empire. <laughs> you got to change the word. <laughs> yes, I do have to change the word, which I'm still the like... Roman Empire. I'm still working on. Roman um, Empire. And I do feel that like coaching is an important piece of, yeah. of feeding, you know, that that type of like ecosystem, soulful ecosystem, gotcha. whatever we want to call it. And so as I'm along this journey trying to figure out like, what is it like? So is it is it diets? You know, is it is it opening people up to a vegan lifestyle? Maybe not totally because not everybody's there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just remember what I was going to say. Earlier. <laughs> what say? Uh, so what I realize is that people don't want to go vegan because they feel they're going to miss out. Yes. Yes. And the minute I teach people that they don't have to miss out, it's just a matter of substituting certain things mm-hmm. for plant-based ones and the food tastes the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, it, it tastes the same. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a substitution because what, what it is is that we have we, we overconsume animal products. Right. Mm-hmm. right? We overconsume and everything. We yes. do. I yes. just spent a month in Europe. There's no fat people in Europe. Nope. I saw six fat people, two of Americans. them were Americans. Yeah. That's how they that's how they describe us too. Yeah. Forty percent no. of our population is obese. I think it's sixty now. Is it sixty? Yeah, okay, the last 60, figure yeah. I saw was forty. If I it's could 60, be wrong. I'm gonna lose. I, my I'm not good mind. at numbers, but even forty percent is pretty bad. Half the population, and we're talking about obese. We're obese. not talking about chubby. Yeah, you know what I mean? we're no, talking no, about, we're talking about like, like over, like dead soon. You know, well, they mean? make they make healthy food like almost unattainable for some people because they, they can't afford it. But so it's like I'm gonna go to McDonald's get my one dollar yeah, burger, my one dollar Coke, or I can go to Trader Joe's and pay ten bucks for mm-hmm. like yeah. free range chicken, or it's just like yeah. it's not. It's, it's not accessible. yeah the system is not fair to you know to the, people. the other the other flaw in the system is that in europe they're way more active 100%. i lost 10 pounds just because i walked so yeah much. same uh-huh. i walked everywhere when yeah. i was in europe and by yeah. the way they don't they they they're not vegan they no. smoke cigarettes they eat hella meat they, they, they eat hella not, bread but they, they are so active but the and quality they eat a lot less and the quality of their food is so much higher so much better their yeah. countries don't care about money and killing the people uh-huh. like over profit over health yeah their countries are actually like health and take let's take care of our well people. their mm-hmm. transit mm-hmm. like systems are amazing like yeah. Yeah. like here we drive everywhere but there is like you take the bus or you yeah. take the yeah. train or you walk around and yeah it's a lot yeah it's a lot more difficult because everything's so spread out yeah but if we i'm sure if we had a very good public transportation system 
I don't know. It, it's just different. But anyways, we're getting off topic. But it's okay. Well, that piece is unrelated. But I have noticed recently just there's there's a huge separation between like people who drive and people who take the bus. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like socioeconomically. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah. You, yeah, hundred percent. In like, this in this city yeah, it, alone, hundred percent. You only take the bus. Well, again, I might be aging myself, but when <laughs> I was young, only broke people or poor people took the bus yep. yeah you know what i mean or like the hood people like you didn't want to go on the bus because it's dangerous you my know mother I mean? never let me ride the bus yeah, yeah. i like, had to lie to her so yeah. like and europe experience. everyone takes the bus yeah. Yeah. like or the train or the tube or They're whatever nice. yeah the mm-hmm. truck yes nice, nice over there yeah. you know what i mean yeah i literally walked <laughs> i literally would everywhere i got i was sweating like i had yeah. just been on the treadmill for 40 well yeah minutes. it's humid there mm-hmm. too yeah it was crazy the weather's crazy yeah so anyways yeah but the, yeah i mean the whole design of our lifestyle right so this just goes to show why it is so difficult because there are so many components mm-hmm. of our lifestyle of our environment mm-hmm. that don't that are not conducive to healthy lifestyles so i i kind of realized that like diets like that's not the place right mm-hmm. because that's people's comfort that's their home yeah. that's their you know squishiness um and, and then and then the other piece so oh, now I'm, I'm also <laughs> i'm also gonna offer um I know this is why I love being pregnant. I, yeah, I know, right? I <laughs> couldn't even tell you were pregnant. I only knew because I checked her Instagram. Before. Oh. <laughs> I, I already gained five pounds in the week Since I've been you back. Been home, yeah, oh, I'm man. like, this is crazy. Welcome home. Yeah, because yeah. I'm like so sedentary here. I'm gonna work out. I'll go do a crazy intense one hour workout, but mm-hmm. then the rest of the day I'm pretty much sedentary. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel it. And so the other piece is kind of like moving us away from this like extreme, you know, flesh, processed food, sugar addiction lifestyle to having healthy indulgences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really excited to teach and share about is healthy indulgences because there are plant foods like dates. Holy shit. Oh, I yeah. mean, if you don't like dried fruit, then maybe not. Maybe you won't, you won't like dates. But if you do like dried <laughs> fruit, dates are the shit. Like I dates just made... Dates is like nature sugar. Wow. I just made this date butter and I put a little bit of... Um, uh, what is it like orange infused or no was it orange the orange it could be shavings or Zest just like or the something. yeah the, the oil thank yeah. you the oil. orange oh, orange oil. oil yeah oh, wow. mm-hmm. there's an yeah. oil oh it was like so amazing and there's so many pieces of this like cashews so mm-hmm. if, you, if you haven't experienced um experimented with cashews you can make so many things with yeah. cashews you All can the make cheeses a lot mm-hmm. of them, right? milks cheeses creams cremas and you can make a frosting with cashews and yeah. so there's just like these really rich portions of the vegetable family that we can just like dive into yeah coconuts you know? too a lot mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah coconuts full fat you think about making like um you should do like a cooking segment on your channel that yes. incorporates all that kind of stuff because i feel like a lot of us are just like it's a nut yeah you know like that's it it's a nut yeah. it's like what do we do yeah, yeah. <laughs> then right. open people's eyes a little bit like, oh wow you it's can like, do that there's so many yeah, things exactly. yes this is true okay thank yeah. you for all of these ideas because yes i do really want to just highlight healthy indulgences because these are things that people can dive into without feeling bad yeah. without feeling bloated and the biggest mm, piece about bloated, like intuitive eating is of course okay your mind and your your chemical you're going to be chemically addicted to all of the things mm-hmm. right yeah and whatever this this is a fact of life mm-hmm. and so in order to move us away from those chemical addictions mm-hmm. we do have to detox mm-hmm. it's so hard it's, it's hard, hard. <laughs> because like you're you're addicted to food right and then mm-hmm. like i'm whatever i eat fast food crazy like i'm addicted to food probably but then the steps of getting to detoxing is hard because i'm so tired yeah i don't want to put the effort into cooking because mm-hmm. then i have to sit there and stand and do all this stuff for 20 minutes or however long it takes wait mm-hmm. for the food but, or I can just go drive and get food in two seconds and then I'm good. Yep. So it's like really a mindset change, not just like a... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, it's like not easy. It's a big... It's like a really big lifestyle change. Right. It's a huge 
hill to cross over and so that's why when i got like diets and detox i was like but no but we can't start there either because there's too many obstacles Mm -hmm. so where do i start self-love there you go building your foundation with yourself first Mm -hmm. so that once you get to a point where you're like okay i do love myself or i do know all the reasons why i didn't love myself before and that's a whole journey in and of itself like wow that's Um, big too yeah it's huge and that's what i was noticing with all of my friends with all of my family with every single person i would interact with who had a barrier who couldn't do this or who couldn't do that or was you know like trapped in either an addiction or an idea or or a belief the common denominator is the lack of self-love yeah and it all stems from something either trauma Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. something that happened to them in their life conditioning yeah um so a couple things addiction so this 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 might help Jessica, you, because this helped me get rid of my, no, I was a food addict. Too. I was We're a fast all, food addict too. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't a fast so food good. addict, but I was a food addict because, yeah. you know, my, my parents, like they throw down and every time they're yeah. here, there's a food everywhere. Mm-hmm. I started intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it was going to get rid of my addiction to food. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to lose weight, right? You know, hangry that, yeah. that if I don't eat, I'm going to kill something. That was me, right? Like I would, I wouldn't even focus. I wouldn't pay attention to you. I'd yeah. be like, I just need to eat, right? Mm-hmm. That's an addiction, right? Mm-hmm. So as I started to do the intermittent fasting, I started with 12 hours and I went to 14 and I did 16 and I've done 16 hour fast for about 90% of my life the last th- three, four years. So I don't eat, I, I eat within an eight hour window and then I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. But what I found is that I'm not addicted to food anymore. I'll miss a meal and I'll forget. Mm-hmm. I won't even be hungry. I'll be like, oh. And then I'll be like, oh, shit, I haven't eaten. I need to eat, you know? So my issue now is getting all my calories in within that eight hours because mm-hmm. I'm not even that hungry anymore. Yeah. Like, I'll eat, and then I'll be full, and then I'm like, damn, I haven't eaten that many calories. I need to eat because then I'm going to be under, and that's not good to eat mm-hmm. under mm-hmm. what yeah. you need, right? Exactly. But number one, I would say, and I'd give anybody advice, if you want to try to get rid of the, you don't have to change the food you eat. You just have to change the time that you eat it. Or like the amount too. Mm -hmm. The amount too. So that, number one, like I'm not saying still eat what you eat. I mean, if it's not healthy, it's not going to be healthy. But try to fast and then you'll start to notice your body will not be addicted to that habit. Because like most people, right when they wake up, the first thing is like, I need to eat something. I need Mm -hmm. to eat something. It's like like an addict, you know, like where's my cigarette? Where's my this? It's like like conditioning, you know, whatever. So try intermittent fasting. That might help. That yeah. was just my little point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And there's kind of a, there's a trajectory, right? Because you can, so going like on this side of the spectrum, there'll be like that 24 day juice fast. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. oh. And then there's so many confusing things out there. Yeah. <laughs> it is. No, there's like, like, even if you're on like TikTok or any kind of social mm-hmm. media, there's so many different fads yeah. of how to lose weight, of how to diet. Um, How do you like... Do you go off based off your own experiences when it comes to dieting or mm-hmm. have you done some like nutrition classes or is it just like based on experience when mm-hmm. it comes to all those or dieting like correctly or? Yeah. So both experience and I have taken a vegan nutrition course um, specifically and as I'm as I'm pregnant, like I just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that yeah. I would be able to be a healthy pregnant person. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably another but, concern too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like is my baby getting enough nutrients? Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But also kind of like leaning into the intuitive piece, like what, what we do is we focus too much on that fat or following like this mm-hmm. formula is going to work for me. Yeah. There is no one size that fits all. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not one program is going to be okay for everybody. So it's really about enhancing your connection with your own body and mm-hmm. checking in and being like, okay, 
I intermittent fasted this morning. Like, how you doing? You know? Are yeah. You, like, are you how tired? We feeling? Yeah. yeah. How are we feeling? You know are what? you hungry? Point, what do you need? By the way. Because if you're thin... <laughs> and you have a high metabolism intermittent fasting might not be the best yeah, thing for no. you no you need to eat more, no, yeah. You need to eat more. <laughs> yeah. so yeah thank you for make, clearing that up yeah. that's what works for me mm-hmm. but I'm one of the people that gains weight very easily yes. so if you're kind of like me you get fat real fast maybe try intermittent fasting yeah. if you're like high <laughs> metabolism and you eat everything in sight and you don't gain no weight don't do intermittent fasting. Yeah. Try something else. Yeah, and or I, at least I re- consulted someone, a doctor or something. For exactly, yeah. and I resonate a lot with both of you because I used to be a fast food addict. Like, Big Macs were my thing, my freaking thing. By the right? way, I don't love fast food, but McDonald's breakfast was my thing. <laughs> like so the the sausage McMuffin with I used to get mm-hmm. two of them and mm-hmm. stack them. Oh my gosh! But anyways, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just I'll tell you my Big Mac story, which I may have said on my last podcast, but we'll say it again. It's fine because. Big Macs were such a thing for me that once it got to the point where, you know, I watched a documentary on the meat industry, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to contribute to all of the the mass farming because I do feel like there is a place for grass fed, free range Mm -hmm. animals, especially in a society where they're not going to stop eating meat. It's not going to happen. Anyways, so Big Macs, right? Used to eat a Big Mac, I don't know, so, so often, was so addicted to fast food and so many other things. But... What I had to do for myself when I knew that I didn't want to contribute to that system anymore, but I also knew that I wasn't the type of person who could just cold turkey it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't going to be possible. So I gave myself a little uh, program of uh, the first year I gave myself four Big Macs. So every quarter I got a Big Mac. (laughs) So I would, you know, I would, I would willpower it up and I would, you do, I would do my best and I would fail sometimes. And I would, you know, I would before. Um, I used to have a waitressing job. And so after waitressing, I would like go to McDonald's and, you know, like scarf down yeah. a Big Mac and like be in the car like, oh, you know, being just that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. After you feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Give me more. Like get home in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God. OK. okay. Yep. Are you are you noticing? Are you realizing what's happening? But every quarter I would get that like prize Big Mac. Yeah. And it was amazing. And so every quarter I wanted it less and less. And then the next year I had three and next year I had two. And then the yeah. next year I had one. And so over the course of four years, I Damn. I removed this Big Mac addiction. Yeah. Nice. And now, surprisingly enough, I have never been like called to have a Big Mac, but I have been called to Arby's interesting double uh, beef and cheddar oh wow interesting <laughs> i don't know why that is it's like <laughs> what that's just okay. the universe testing you they're like ah uh, right? yeah. i have a big mac story by the way oh yeah you guys want to hear it yeah i want to hear your big no. mac story. so this is <laughs> <laughs> it's about her not you i yeah. <laughs> it's about my dad though this is why Go my ahead. dad learned how to cook okay so mm-hmm. when my dad came to the united states he could not speak english uh-huh. he could not cook and he was living with his brothers mm. so guess where he had to eat all the time mcdonald's mcdonald's so my dad only knew how to say Big Mac and fries. Mm-hmm. Aww. So he would go up, Big Mac and fries. And he's all proud, you know what I mean? <laughs> After a month of eating Big Macs and fries, my mm-hmm. dad was like, S- I do not want another Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Teach me how to say something else. So yeah. his brother was like, okay, say quarter pounder with cheese. He's like, quarter pounder with cheese. So he's like practicing, right? It's a big old line. And then he gets up to the line. The lady's like, what do you want? He's like, she's like what he's like big mac and fries <laughs> <laughs> so he said after that he's like he, he devoted himself to learn he's like i'm gonna learn how to cook forget yeah. mcdonald's and by the way that was kind of a funny story but my father never let us eat fast food when i was a kid yeah. i think it's because of that yeah so just but, touching yeah 
But I think it all boils down. This is, I think you actually hit it on the head with self-love. Yes. Yeah. Because if you love yourself, you're not going to poison yourself with Mm-mm. bad food. Nope. If you love yourself, you're not going to tolerate certain relationships. Relationships. You're not going to tolerate certain behavior. You're not yep. going to tolerate certain media. You're not going to, you're not going to insult your soul with your behavior. And so this is, I mean, this is kind of like the, the mass problem that we have right. in society today is like people are, do not love themselves enough. So what do they do? They give their power away. Mm -hmm. They give their power away, but they don't know they're giving their power away to everything and everyone. And so recently um, I had a friend who who told me um, because like I've lost touch with her and um, something about like that we don't connect not because of our difference of ideologies, because we, we stand on different sides of the spectrum, so to speak. But she told me that I made her feel small. Really? Hmm. and uh that was kind of like you know the mm-hmm. people pleaser in me was like oh my god i'm yeah. so sorry yeah. like i you know i would never i would never intend to do that and then as i was kind of reflecting on this a little bit more it's like you can't really mm, other people can't really make you feel anything Mm-mm. self-esteem that's why it's called self-esteem <laughs> yeah. other people can't really hurt your feelings other people can't like yes you can be you can be physically assaulted yeah. and that's gonna hurt but emotionally and mentally like what what is the filter that you're receiving this information through so i i really had to kind of like sit with that and you know she's one of my oldest friends so i did you know internalize it in certain ways but that was just a further confirmation that it is a sack of a lack of self-love that anyone interprets anybody else's intention is negative towards them yeah and like i can go way into this but i mean social media i think is probably the number one factor in today's time that is killing people's self-esteem and mm-hmm. self-love but also because they allow it yeah, true true but it's addiction too it I is guess. you know what i mean like, it is not i'm like, i'm guilty of like it. you said when you don't so awareness is number one right yeah. if you don't know you're an addict you're not gonna fix yourself because mm-hmm. you have no clue it's like you're just like i'm just normal that's just mm-hmm. me right uh but uh like social media right like you're watching everybody's highlight reel it's like watching sports center uh top 10 plays or the highlights and never watching like the bad stuff or when mm-hmm. people lose you know what i yeah. mean but um yeah so i think in this day and age it's social media but i think even pre social media it was like uh you know um like news number one mm-hmm. oh, it's all it's always been media mm-hmm. I guess. media yeah, uh-huh. they don't want they don't want you to love yourself because then you won't no. be buying all the things that are going to make you love yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> like news exactly. news and tv it's funny it's called programming yeah. Yep. TV program. Hello. <laughs> hey, YouTube. TV programming. When you program something, what are you doing? You're freaking adjusting it. You're manipulating it. Manipulating it, it to yeah. operate how you want, right? Yeah. And I was one of those, obviously, right? You know, mm-hmm. like grew up watching Simpsons and news and all that. I don't watch news at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I still know people that are addicted to news. But it's like, man, I I feel like when I walk into the room and someone's watching the news, it's like shots are being fired at me like, I'm like, my little positive. And then all of a sudden it's like, this person got murdered. This person uh-huh. got raped. 25,000. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm stimulation, like, stimulation, yeah. stimulation. I'm like, ah, turn it off. <laughs> I just try to run away, right? Anyways. Yeah, But yeah, true. self-love, that's very powerful, right? Yeah. It, it's huge. You know what I mean? And um, so you're, so, I'm sorry, we need to get you off your subject, mm-hmm. right? No, no worries. Where were we? Let's get back to the topic. Do you Big think, Mac. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think um, you have to have a certain kind of mindset to want a life coach or do you think a light like a having a life coach is open for like every single like every person should have a life coach or do you think only specific people will have that kind of awareness or mindset 
to be open to having a life coach? Uh, yes, I, I kind of want to say yes to both. But um, I was actually just talking about this with my coach is like not everybody is a candidate for life coaching. You definitely have to be at a certain level already. And so I would say in, in the journey of what I call self-expression, um, in the journey of self-healing, in the journey of um, just like personal development, there are various stages, right? And just from my own experience, everybody will have different, you know, um, correlation of stages depending on their experience. But for me, like I, I have been working on myself and developing this awareness for decades, you know, ever since like I became vegetarian when I was 16. And so I had already and as I, when I was 13, I had my first like mini awakening, mm -hmm. I would say, because I came, I, I, I awoke to society and to understanding like, what's what's going on and what yeah. are the issues and poverty and overpopulation and like all these different subjects that came to my awareness when I was 13 so that kind of like got the ball rolling and we'll fast forward um to through my food journey fast forward to like my trauma healing journey like that I'm the type of person who had to do that by myself mm -hmm. I didn't go to therapy I wasn't I'm not I advocate for therapy for the people that need it for mm -hmm. the people that that helps because it's extremely helpful mm -hmm. um but it's not always going to be helpful in all cases. Yeah. So a lot of my therapy was introspective, was experiential, and um, was with assistance of plant medicines. Mm -hmm. And so plant medicines really did help me to not only process all of this therapeutic stuff, but also um, it helped me to gain a further connection to the universe, to God, <laughs> to faith. Yeah to my own foundation and to who I really was. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't have gotten that therapy, yeah. you know, and only because I took myself through all of these processes, I was deeply committed to my own personal development. Did I get to the point was like, when you need a life coach, that's when you're ready to fucking go. Yeah. You know, you're ready to do yeah. whatever it takes. You're committed. You're there. You're, yeah. you're in, you're, you're working on yourself day in and day out. This isn't like, Oh, I have, I have my one foot in, you know, in this thing or in that thing. You, you are ready. I think that, like they say, when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. So I think to your point is, I mean, anybody can get a life coach at any time. Yeah. But is it going to work? That's if you're ready for it to work. Yes. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of what you're what, talking about. Yeah. What is a life coach for people like, like if someone, like I, if I'm, I'm like, I don't know what a life coach is, like what, what do you, what do you do for your clients or for people that come to you? What is like the main a good question. like thing that you're mm -hmm. helping with or what do you do, help them with? So my... My purpose, like my singular purpose, is to be solely dedicated on that person's personal or professional development based on whatever their goals are. Okay. So I'm not here to bring in my agenda. I'm not here to apply a certain like process or, you know, I have several processes and several things that, you know, resources and things and tools that can help, but I'm not selling, I'm not selling a product. You know, so I'm here to like customize an experience for my clients that is going to be catered to whatever their goals are. So if their goal is to focus on their self-love, to create and cultivate more self-love, then that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about all the ways in which they're not loving themselves and all the ways in which they are loving themselves and how much they're willing to do in order to love themselves more. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like therapy. It is. It can be very therapeutic. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's more like a... Um a systematic approach to bettering your life by somebody who usually is doing it already. Like if you have a life coach, you should probably get somebody who is kind of where you want to be. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, or is 
achieving certain breakthroughs in their life that, that you want. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's kind of my thought about it. But real quick, uh, self-love. So um, as this came to me, what's the the happy chemical in your brain? Is it oxytocin? Serotonin. Serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin. Okay, dopamine. Yeah, dopamine. So when you don't love yourself, mm-hmm. you're looking for dopamine injections, mm-hmm. right? Fast food, bad food, high fatty, high, high sugar, um, TV, um, sex for some people, mm-hmm. you know, pornography for some people, um, uh, drugs, uh, alcohol. drugs, alcohol, those all give you that dopamine that you're missing because mm-hmm. you're depressed in a way, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, um, your approach of self love is, uh, is, is good is, is perfect. I think because, um, the reason I think people do all these things to, we all do it to ourselves. I'm not perfect. I have my issues too. Right. But we all do it to ourselves because we're just looking for that, that feel good, that dopamine, something to make us feel good. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, you know, uh, so yeah. Uh, just wanted to mention that a lot of time why we're addicted to stuff is because it gives us the dopamine rush that we are missing that we can't give to ourselves Mm -hmm. because of either, Trauma, depression, or n- lack of self-love, I guess. But all of it kind of goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, some people have chemical imbalances, too. True, mm-hmm. yeah. Which they need, like, medication for. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Plant-based stuff can ha- like does that, too. But The um, ayahuasca, I've seen it done. But what mm-hmm. I've seen is, like, uh, medications. I've seen it destroy people. Like, I have... I'm not going to name any names, but I have people close to me, like family members that have were put on certain medications and like antidepressants right and they're they're not the same anymore mm-hmm. at all you know what i mean like at all like that's scary to me here's the thing about not even being woke they call them drugs prescription drugs well i'm on the opposite end of that spectrum i've seen people very people people that are very close in my life that have been off medication and it's really bad it's really, really yeah. bad. Once you get off it, and once you get off well, it, even you... when they're not, it's well, it's because they have a chemical imbalance. Yeah. And so, if they don't have the correct medication, whether it be prescription drugs or any other type of medication, it's not they're not going to be, you know, almost sane. It's just, it's just I don't know. It's I take medication for anxiety, and I'm very grateful for it because if I didn't, then I'd be a mess. And I didn't even know I had anxiety for a while, but I I just had like panic attacks all the time and I didn't Mm -hmm. know that that's what it was. I was Mm -hmm. like, why am I freaking out all the time? Mm -hmm. And it was anxiety. And so I'm grateful for the medication. I'm grateful for the medication that the person that's close to me is on because they were off of it recently and it was really, really bad. Yeah. To your point, I do agree with you, but I feel that the medical field is abusive when it comes to prescribing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Big pharma. They give it to everybody. Like, like our friend who was on the podcast who became addicted to opiates because he had a car accident and instead of giving him Tylenol, they gave him oxycodone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. like, you're once you take it, you're addicted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, they just kind of like recklessly prescribe this kind of stuff that you probably don't even need. Like mm-hmm. maybe some CBD oil you would need, but they're like, here, take oxycodone. Now you're addicted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do... I do, you do have a good point there. You know what I mean? There is chemical imbalances. There is stuff that happens. Um, but, um, you know, I would, I would always say that maybe try if you can the natural route before, if it's possible, maybe it's not because I've seen 
what ayahuasca can do. And it's one of the most misunderstood. Like even weed, like cannabis is the most the most demonized and misunderstood plant in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I mean? yeah. That's by design. Yeah, well. it is by design. We did a whole mm-hmm. podcast about that, mm-hmm. right? But, uh, but yeah, let's talk about, let's, since we're talking about plant medicine, right? Mm. Uh, and I know you're very passionate about that, mm, right? I and am. I've, I've done it once, and uh, my ego won. Your so, ego won? Yes, oh, that's good. That's good of you to be able to admit that. I, when you get to know your ego, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And my ego is sneaky, and it's freaking, it's conniving, and it, <laughs> it's, it's cunning. My ego, like, is, I was, wow. I feel ego. like that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Whatever. Right, and I just want to say, I just want to say first that like plant medicine is not for everybody, right? And like no, pharmaceuticals are not for everybody. Yeah. But I do, I do feel like they they exist, right, in our same reality for a reason, right? You know, and it's not because there again there is no one size fits all. One hundred percent. So yes, great point, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, my oh. ego won. Um, I should try plant-based medicine. Yeah. I'm like the yes, one that's you like, should. you guys are like, just try I feel it. like I'm like in, in a conspiracy theory, like <laughs> little group. Of, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> it's just like, am I joining a the cult? Woke people yeah. are, the like, woke people are awake. That's the, uh, uh, that's the conditioning fighting. The, the conditioning. I love like, this no. contrast. It's no, so no, good. The conditioning yeah. Like, this is why I'm the queen But yeah, so my ego won at the end. So I'll just tell you guys a quick story and then we'll get right into that conversation. So I did the ayahuasca. Um, uh, my ego was pretty much fighting me the whole entire way. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want to release to it. Um, finally, it kind of let go a little bit, and then I got to the point. I mean, it was like you guys ever play Fortnite? Yeah. Okay, so it's like all these shapes and colors and and, and like different realms and times, and that's what I was. I went I went back to my caveman days, and I went to this, and finally I got to like a womb. I was inside of a womb, and it was warm. And then the, the, the shamans, the chants, all of a sudden that song came in and it was like this bright light. And it was like, I felt like, oh, like I was in the mother's womb. Right. Mm-hmm. And then my ego came in at the very end because during ayahuasca, you're supposed to purge and I don't want to freak you out. Right. But purging means you barf or you poop. Right. Or you pee. Or you pee. So that's why you're not or supposed you cry, to cry. Or that's, you yell. That's why you're not supposed to eat for like mm. two days before you go. Otherwise, you're going to pretty much shit yourself. Right. Or puke everywhere. Um, so, uh, my ego said, or the medicine said, if you want to make the breakthrough, you must purge right Mm -hmm. now. And the only purge I felt was Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Right. But my ego said, no mother effa, you ain't going to shit yourself. Mm -hmm. Get up and go to the bathroom. Right. So I got up, I stumbled, I walked to the bathroom and I tried, but nothing came out because there was nothing inside of me. Mm -hmm. But by then I had. I didn't make the breakthrough. Like mm-hmm. I was right at the 99 yard line and I fumbled. Right. Oh, wow. And because my ego, my ego's like, you're not going to poop yourself. You're wearing all white. Everyone's going to look at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then I realized when I was sitting in the porta potty, I was like, nothing came out. All I had to do was go through the motion, mm-hmm. trust, trust the medicine. Mm-hmm. And I would have made that breakthrough that whatever breakthrough I would have had. Right. So anyways, in the end, it helped me a lot. I helped. I realized a lot of things. I'm still doing some of the work, right? But I didn't make the breakthrough that some people like that make that f- big breakthrough that mm-hmm. just release and let it do its thing, right? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that because it's super misunderstood, right? Uh, I was just right now. I was going like, "What's what is that?" Right? It's demonized. They call it a drug. It's a plant. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything that it comes from the earth naturally is a drug. 
I think... And it's not inherently bad yeah, yeah. either. It wasn't created with the intention of, you know, capitalizing or, you know, it's, yeah. it's humans that create, like, you know, when we say drugs are bad or alcohol's bad or guns are bad, it's like those, those inanimate objects are not bad. It, yeah. It's the person that yields the, the sword, so to speak. Yeah, by the way, the polio vaccine mm. actually helped and it was given away for free mm-hmm. because the guy that created it didn't want any profit off of it. Oh, wow. So that's the kind of medicine I trust. Yeah. Not the kind that goes, here you go. You can take it. It's going to cost a lot of money. Not going to care anything. And then cause 18 other side effects, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. we're, now we have those commercials are like, you won't have allergies, but you'll be bleeding out of your anus. You might die and your spleen's going to explode. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I think that also they have to do that so they don't get sued. Because people, people like to, you know, yeah, make, like like you guys said, they, they don't want to work for their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can be like, oh, I took this and now I'm feeling gross. So I'm going to mm-hmm. sue you. I understand. <laughs> but yeah. But I would rather have allergies than have my bleeding through my anus and. Oh no! I'm s- but I'm saying like that's like very 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 unlikely to happen. But they have to say it because that <laughs> one person that it could potentially happen to will sue them for 100%. millions of dollars, even though they have that money. In this mm-hmm. But that's society. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. So, anyways, um, yeah, the ayahuasca, the plant medicine, it comes from Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. It's just a leaf. And a root is a root, or mm-hmm. yeah, it's a leaf and a root and a vine, and there's usually like a, a combination. And there's many different types of ayahuasca; yeah. it's not just one. So depending on like the region and everything, there's like different and, recipes. And by the way, ayahuasca is not the actual main ingredient; it's the other one, right? What's it called? That makes the so the ayahuasca is not the DMT. The ayahuasca is what ext- prolongs it for. Mm, anyways, we'll have to get get more yeah, I need uh, to information. Brush up. Yeah, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, ayahuasca it shouldn't be called ayahuasca because ayahuasca is not the actual uh, uh plant that makes you have the dmt explosion or whatever mm-hmm. um but anyway so it, it's a plant they cook it they make it it's just herbs it's based like herbs like mm-hmm. very strong herbs yeah right? it's like a thick herb tea yeah thick herb tea and it's supposed to connect you to your consciousness and kill your ego something like that well, those yeah, there are poss- possibilities. Yeah, right. So, anyways, it's a medicine. It's been around for thousands of years. Like you said, it wasn't something that was created for a profit, right? And um, you know, I had the experience. Um, I learned a lot about myself, um, uh, and I've seen it help people. So, what is your? Because you, like you said, your your life coaching also has to deal with spirituality, mm-hmm. and if they're open to it, is it plant medicine as well? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's in the catalog. Oh, you know, okay. that's that's All on right. the that's on the docket. So if people are open to plant medicine and they're interested in having that experience, if it really calls to them, because mm-hmm. I've had some people that are like, no, you know, I've yeah. ha- I have some people who are like, no, I'm afraid, you know, I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I feel like I'm going to die and all this. Like, well, obviously, if you harbor that type of fear, then don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's okay. But some people are like, yeah, you know, like I saw this video about it, this documentary about it. And then I heard my friend talk about it and I'm like, so ready like well then you know it's it's very um easy at this point to connect you to the right environment and it's so interesting because within this like community of um you know plant medicine practitioners and you wouldn't necessarily call them shamans there's not that many shamans on earth but there's a lot of neo shamans that people who are like rising to the occasion Mm -hmm. there's so many different groups and every different group is going to be tailored to a certain need you know it's not just a one-size-fits-all again wait that's where we met, right? That's where we met, yes. How funny. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing in the dirt. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Okay, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sorry. my God. I just had a, 
I just had an epiphany. (laughs) Senior moment. Yeah. Yeah. And plant medicine in and of itself is a journey, right? Like I I wouldn't recommend that like the first thing you do is ayahuasca if you've never smoked weed before. Yeah. You know, like you really want to develop a connection. And also if you're not connected to Mother Earth, then I don't know, maybe that's not, you're not going to go, you know, like all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, so to speak. So it's a, you won't want to poop yourself at the no, end. Like no, this. you, you, you really won't. Yeah. And so it, it depends. Like everybody's coming from a different place. Yeah. Um, I do feel like to some extent, like if you want, um, a major transformation, like if someone's like, I'm ready to just totally like mm-hmm. uproot my whole entire self and, and break myself open, then yeah, you know, go for it yeah do it but most people are not so inclined mm-hmm. to change yeah change is scary yes yeah. <laughs> you know they say most people would rather die than change yeah that's how scary it is that's i'm more afraid of death so i'm good i'll, ch- I'll change okay <laughs> i like that yeah um so yeah i mean I, I know people who uh you know when they do the plant medicine they lit- literally leave their body and they 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 become the spirit and uh um yeah it's it's crazy like so they they say that when your ego is dies you feel like you're dying like you literally feel like you're dying but mm-hmm. you're not dying you just feel like it right because your your ego your attachment to the body the earth or whatever i mean mm-hmm. you can even look at religion and it kind of explains kind of like the similar thing right we have a body we have a spirit we have a soul right you know what i mean so anyways, I've known people that have done it and literally popped out of their body and <laughs> were like, they're like, I didn't even care about my name. I didn't care about my family. I didn't care about where I live because none of it mattered. I was just like my spirit. I was just like this happy spirit. Like, like. <laughs> so you do incorporate plant medicine for people who are open to plant medicine. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because I can help later on with integration, right, of that process. Yeah, so because you've, you've actually done it. So you, mm-hmm. you've practiced what you preach. Yes. Can you 100%. talk a little bit about your plant medicine journey and how mm-hmm. it's actually helped you? Yeah, yeah. I'll give a I'll give an overview. So plant medicine was integral in my like trauma healing. Okay. Um, and it was also integral in like trauma that I didn't know I had. Right. Healing, which so, is probably the worst. Which is the worst, and which was really the most kind of surprising, you know, because yeah. I've been a victim of sexual violence. Um, I grew up in you know kind of a broken household, a broken family, only child. Um, you know, I subjected myself to like not so great experiences as a young younger person um you know like did a lot of like synthetic drugs and so like coming to a point where you know i had to i had to heal the trauma of all of the sexual violence i had to heal the trauma of my own self-guilt and self-shame i had to heal the trauma of you know whatever was happening within my household i had to heal um man my addiction to food also came through with um with plant medicines and so just like all of these multi-layer things um that happened over the course of maybe a year and a half to two years uh with the help of plant medicine really just like stripped back all of these layers and a hundred percent and so and like the core of that onion which was the most surprising to me um and which i feel that like conceptually i still don't totally understand but i do feel that like some of us are on this earth to help heal our lineage, to heal our yeah. ancestral line. Break generational curses. A hundred percent. Generational curses. curses. Yeah. So, you know, I come from a long line of alcoholics, drug addicts, um, broken families, single mothers, um, just like so many people who are traumatized, who are broken. Yeah. 
And so a lot of my family, and this is what I've grown up seeing, like I never really had a positive example for myself. I always had a lot of people who showed me what not to do, right? right? You know, I had an uncle who died of tuberculosis because mm-hmm. he was on the streets um, homeless for 10 years, right. you know? And so like all of these people um, in my life essentially showed me that like this is a reflection of deeply rooted trauma, yeah. Right. And so that's what my very first ayahuasca experience was. That was this opening up of some portal where I released emotionally in a way that like surprised the hell out of me because I felt like it wasn't my own. Like I wasn't consciously like, oh, yeah, like I'm healing from this trauma and this is my own pain. No, I was crying. You felt the pain of generations. I was crying for other people. Wow. Yeah, I was I was feeling all kinds of things for other people, but I wasn't conscious of what it was. And so that was that was incredible. That was like the first kind of like breakthrough, amazing ayahuasca. But what I also want to say about plant medicines is, is unlike synthetic drugs, like you can't necessarily overdose on them like you can take too much that will it'll give you an adverse experience because <laughs> mentally or emotionally yeah. you're not ready for yeah. it yeah <laughs> but be in the clouds for a while <laughs> but um plant medicine always gives you what you need and so on my third ayahuasca experience it was hilarious because i was you know i was overworking myself i was i was working on my full-time job i was running my business i was like doing too much as i used to all the time um and i came to the ceremony like ready to work i was ready to do spiritual work i was like all right you know like i'm ready to freaking fight the devil like let's go (laughs) let's go and the whole time like I, i come into the experience and ayahuasca was just like you're gonna lay in you're gonna lay down you're gonna take a nap you're gonna chill five hours You're of like, just what? that my ego was like yeah. oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like i was yeah. so upset i was yeah. so upset that i didn't get to like do cool things but impatience. i needed a nap wow. i needed to relax Dang. i needed to Medicine, be calm. Like, you need to chill yep <laughs> wow and that's what that's what happened wow when so, you say plant-based medicine what do you what what is that um, so I think what we're talking about specifically is like psychedelics. Okay. We're talking about mushrooms. We're talking specifically about ayahuasca right now because that's yeah, most so, intimately our experience. Yeah. So ayahuasca is just extended. Oh, and I meant, I meant like when when you first started, what was your like? How did you start? What was the first like plant based medicine that you, that was helpful for you? And like, did it go up from like weed to shrooms, or like how mm, does yeah. that? Yeah. So it was definitely like cannabis. Um, shrooms right and like only very little shrooms at that point and then fast forward yeah, many years to ayahuasca uh-huh and then ayahuasca and now i've done several several other ones so how many um, times have you done plant medicine ayahuasca now uh i want to say eight okay so that that last time that i saw you was the last time you did it no that no. was that was like number four. Oh, was your friend the one that did eight one of you guys told me you at were on your point, eighth yes i do she she was on number eight at that time ah okay yeah. do you think you're um addicted to doing it in the sense of you want more you want to f- be more spiritual and that it like since it brings you that it's like kind of addict like you just want to keep doing it because you keep learning or growing from it i definitely feel like at some point there was because there, are especially when you're in this like self-healing trajectory like you just want to freaking you want to you want to heal yourself mm-hmm. you know you just yeah. want to go all the way you want to do it and it's funny i just came across this concept and it was it was true for me at one time um but of course through not only through because plant medicine. So if if you're in that mentality and you want it too badly, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, you're never gonna. It's not gonna happen. And by the way, I don't think you can get addicted to it. I think what that is is people using the medicine as a crutch mm-hmm. because they don't do the work you're supposed to do. Yeah, because you're not supposed to go back until you do the work mm-hmm. the medicine says. Mm-hmm. But that's like people going like, oh, 
I just keep because like when they're on it, mm-hmm. they're like you're like we like, yeah. like for like three days after you're just mm-hmm. on cloud nine like yeah. you're just everything's peace. You're like Woo, and you know like, I, the <laughs> the one funny thing about the ayahuasca experience is I don't want to wear black anymore. Mm. It's weird. Like I don't like wearing black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I do, I have to be like with white. Everything else, I don't know what it is, but I just stopped wearing black, and that used to be my favorite color. Interesting. Yeah, and so uh, I don't know, but so. I, to answer your question, just kind well, of, I think people could potentially get addicted to that feeling yeah. of the we feeling. So I, I yes. don't, yeah, so and that does happen. Yeah, in the point of her point where you can overdose or get mm-hmm. really addicted to, um, to the other types of drugs, those drugs will destroy your life. Yeah, this is just kind of make slowly chipping away at at the onion. I guess you could say. Yeah, and I, I just want to add to that, like. I, I was catching myself like in this very aware, self-observant space where I was catching myself in this mode of like wanting to work too quickly and do mm-hmm. things too, too hard, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm kind of not, I'm not, I'm not going to say like a hardcore person, but me and my husband have a joke because like I often like scratch myself or nick myself or like, you know, so like I, I live, I live hard, you know, yeah. yeah. Or I used to, we're not, we're not <laughs> in that anymore. You took your but, nap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took my nap. I nap a lot now. <laughs> I've actually went from like, yeah, super, super overworked person to like very, very chill, relaxed, yeah. flowy, calm person. But, um, but yes. So in that space of self-observance, I realized that, um, you know, that wasn't sustainable and I wasn't going to get to where I wanted to be any faster if I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was going to slow down my process. And so, um, interestingly enough, like right before I got pregnant, I had my last ayahuasca ceremony and, you know, my spiritual ego was really like, you know, I want to do all the things and I yeah. want to go in multidimensional and like yeah. want to do all this crazy stuff. Um, and so, you know, I asked ayahuasca, like, are these things ever going to happen for me? And she was like, yeah, you just have to experience you just have to live your life you just have to make yourself happy i think that's that's what that's kind of like the whole paradigm shift of like working your w2 nine to five job mm-hmm. is you're killing yourself for somebody else's yeah. ideals mm-hmm. and you're not feeding yourself you're not nourishing yourself you're not giving yourself the self-love that you need and we change that paradigm so once you're living like in your dharma you're living in your purpose it's really about creating joy within your being about being happy yeah. about living a pleasurable life about walking outside feeling the wind and going oh you know just like yeah. loving the wind loving the sun just like loving all of the things that are naturally present and abundant in our lives you know i can't say that i have money in the bank account right now but i am rich yeah. <laughs> i yeah. am rich in experience i am rich in in you know my spiritual emotional and mental mental existence um super happy for all of those things so yeah i can't yeah. I can't complain about like all of these changes that I've made and really grateful for all of the experiences it's just that a I've transition had. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because once this gets going, then everything happens. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I love how you put that because I mean, the whole purpose of our podcast is to inspire people to find their true purpose mm-hmm. and follow their bliss. As yes. we say. Yes. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of times culture, our culture of capitalism and uh, the chase and the drive can confuse people. Yep. Because you're chasing something uh, that might not exactly make you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, but what are you chasing? You know, I mean, if that's what makes you happy, yeah. then go for it. Do it. You know what I mean? Um, and there is people uh, in this world that were built for that kind of thing. But if it's not making you happy and you're just chasing something because that's what your parents told you you're supposed to do or your family or your friends or, or society or you think that's what you're supposed to do because mm-hmm. you're a woman or a man or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you are, right? Um, and you're just trying to fit this mold that doesn't fit you, then stop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. find 
find find your per- yeah find happiness find mm-hmm. what you're meant here to do and your life will be mm-hmm. a lot better yeah and yeah. if you can't there's like because uh that is ideal like that's the ideal situation find yes. what you love to do and succeed yes but a lot of the times the way that you know the system is is the things that you are passionate about you're not going to make money which is what everyone you know striving for so you can survive mm-hmm. so it's think it's like very easy to say that but then it's just like trying to find the way to do it where you can mm-hmm. do what you love but also survive yeah right and i'm not saying quit your job yeah. and go try to become a singer and your family is homeless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but people have a lot of time they just waste time yeah yeah because you can go work your job and then you have four hours have dinner with your family and then you have four hours to work on your side hustle if it's truly what you want mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. happens is people say they want something but they don't want to do what it takes to get it and or I'm you not get saying, I'm or not you're tired you. yeah or I mean, but <laughs> see if yes. it's your purpose you will find the energy mm. that's what i mean like when you find your purpose like you the energy is just there like so for for example when i was young i wanted to work in pro, pro sports that was my dream you know what i mean at a job eight hours i was exhausted i hated it i didn't want to do nothing but at at my unpaid internship with an indoor football team i was working 80 90 hours a week and people were like you're crazy what's wrong with you i'm like this is fun i love this i wasn't making nothing and i was working like 90 hours a week finally i started getting paid Mm. then i got hired full-time but guess what it didn't matter because i had all the energy because i loved it you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. when i was pursuing the raiders internship all that kind of stuff you know what i mean so i guess my point to that is um the reason you probably don't have energy is because you're you're not living your purpose like you're you're not inspired you hate what you're doing and that will drain you you know what i mean and it's not easy i'm not saying we never said it was easy We never said it was going to be a cakewalk and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to go through some stuff. But if but but if 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 you do that, you will you will hopefully eventually get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want to highlight a piece, too, that has become very aware because, right, we're in like I'm, I'm in the spiritual journey, like I'm finding my passion, all this. And it sounds very woo woo. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it has to be practical. Like mm-hmm. you have to break it down into there has to be a way that it connects into the system because we still are of yeah. the system. Mm-hmm. It took a decade mm-hmm. yeah. of imposter syndrome, of hard work, of I mean, not even seeing my family. Like my family stopped inviting me to family events, Yeah. which was fine. I, I'm OK with it. They're going to be there every single they're all still going to be there every single weekend, right? Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I put in the, I don't want to call it sacrifice. I put in the investment to be able to, to get to where I'm a little bit free and I'm not, I'm not done or whatever. I still have a lot of money. I want to build this. I'm still involved in the business, all that kind of stuff, right? But it, I had to do that for a decade to get to where I'm at. So to your point, yeah, you might have to spend 10 years at a job you don't like mm-hmm. or building a mm-hmm. business or struggling or whatever to eventually get to where you want to go yeah Yeah. and i think that's that's really the pinnacle of um differentiating you know the ones who will do what it takes between the ones who won't Mm -hmm. right is is getting to that point of discomfort and so i i have just experienced uh, a couple months of the most uncomfortable financial situation of my life right like and it sucks when you've been making a lot of money and then you go to the opposite right oh yeah yeah. oh yeah lifestyle change dude my last job was so cush it was you know the most money i ever made Mm -hmm. like 
benefits, like really beautiful team, really just like awesome cause because I was working for like a, a really amazing nonprofit. And, you know, I finally got to a place uh, I had to like satisfy my ego and I was a, a relationship manager. And so I was, you know, fundraising and doing all this stuff. And um, I got to the point where I felt that I had to prove to myself that I could do these things so that, that, that it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my spirit was like, it's not for you. Mm-hmm this is this is not where we want to stay and so i was like wow okay yeah all right right. well you know this is like job number 13 (laughs) in my career and so you know we've gone through i've gone through so many jobs i've been through so many positions as i've worked with so many different people to come to the point where um it's just me and myself you know it's just me duking it out with my spirit every single day and really getting down to the nitty-gritty of like what are you afraid of like why why do you feel not worthy of everything that you desire like do you love yourself enough because you know you get to the point where it's like yeah i've done all this work i've done all this plant medicine i've had all these experiences i heck i love myself and then an experience comes and life shows you yeah no you don't (laughs) you sure about that (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta love yourself a little bit more so yeah diving into all of those things and i am i am convinced that getting getting to a point where you are fully embodying your self-worth your self-love being in a space of abundance and knowing that you are intrinsically abundant without having to have money Mm -hmm. without having to attach to anything because yes i definitely live a minimalist lifestyle now like i don't you know i'm not i'm not a typical you know high maintenance girl that has to like go buy makeup all the time and go shopping and do all these things like i could care less i've had the same you know i've had the same things for 10 years i only went shopping because i needed maternity clothes (laughs) but but in a sense and another piece is i used to be very very prideful Mm. very prideful about being able to like make my own money and support Mm -hmm. myself and have for myself and i i never asked for help and so now the universe has been forcing me to lean on my network to lean on my people to ask if i need things to ask for this to ask for that and that's been very uncomfortable because society tells you like you know um don't bite the hand that feeds or you know all these other like metaphors that make you feel like shit if you need to Mm -hmm. depend on another person Mm -hmm. and so even to the extent like if you really want to like you have to collect your eggs so to speak you have to do what it takes you have to overcome your pride in order to really get to where you want to go and sometimes it's not going to look the way you wanted it to look and that has to be okay at yeah. a certain point because the only thing that difference differentiates the people who make it and people don't make it is that the people who make it don't give up. Yep, 100%. No matter what. <laughs> 1,000%. Most people give up in the beginning stages mm-hmm. and that's why they never achieve it. If you don't stop, eventually you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually you'll be like, damn, I got 25 years of experience now. I'm actually pretty good at this thing. And then you become one of the best. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, that's that, that, that was a great point that you said right there. Mm-hmm. So... um. Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't talked about? You know what we kind of skipped mm-hmm. over that That's I was fine. interested about? Um, the orgasmic birth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk <laughs> about it. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so uh, we went back to the premise of, right, there's a myth in the world that birth has to be painful, has to be, you know, terrible, has to be all of these mm-hmm. things. And if we if we take away the scary words and we just look at what it is, okay, yes, it is physically like pushing a small being out of your vaginal canal Mm -hmm. all right so that's that's we got some technical aspects there (laughs) and there's there's things that go into that so like your cervix has to be soft Mm -hmm. enough and open enough and all these things and there are um, impediments that can get in the way of that so but it is possible actually to orgasm while you are giving birth Mm. that is 
on the spectrum <laughs> of possibilities. And so um, there's a formula that I am going to come out with um, soon after I do my live. And again, the live is your building blocks to orgasmic birth, uh, which is going to be next Wednesday, October 6th at 7 Make p.m. Make sure you guys tune in. Live yep. on YouTube. I'm super excited because there is like an actual equation, but it all starts with like the foundational pieces, number one of self-love. Um, number two of really dispelling those fears because fear is what creates the negative experience in birth mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, fear and adrenaline and all that, that's not a formula for orgasms. That's a formula no. for the opposite. You yes. Know, clenching this, all that kind of stuff. But if you're relaxed and all yes. that. Yes. If you're relaxed, if you trust. And also one of the biggest things that I have to push for, for anybody, for men and women who are, you know, involved or even associated with the birthing process, like educate yourself, Mm -hmm. understand what's going on in the body, understand how this baby is developing, like, like get curious because it's not, and I know, I feel like, I think you started the conversation with like, this is something that people, people don't talk about um, because this is kind of like a culted knowledge, you know, birth, like we, we, we pack it away and we put it in a hospital and we lock Mm -hmm. it away in a room right but like birth like this is we all came out of somebody's vagina like come on (laughs) like this is this is like one of the most normal things that happens Uh in the world so um i am dedicated to like empowering women and educating on the fact that number one we can be our own practitioners and lean on our team of medical professionals obviously number two like the healthier you are because i've also i have not had morning sickness at all i have not had all of these you know so many women are like Mm -hmm. oh my god i was this or i was that or i was this i've had the chillest pregnancy you know i'm gonna make a video to overview my first trimester like i am not the drama oh man oh man you say that now and what your second trimester you're like i know right (laughs) i know right that's what some people are saying or like don't judge yourself you know third trimester like once you get really big Uh, and all the things get more difficult but i'm just like so happy that i'm gonna be pregnant in the winter time yeah um, because it's gonna be cold yeah yeah yeah, i'll be able to mama bear it up yeah so 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 yeah so i feel like i mean just like all of the personal development all of the the mental work that i've done like all of the things that have brought me up until this point i feel have had to contributed to just like a positive experience you know because once you're pregnant and once you're in this space it brings up everything so like if you are not aligned with your partner you're gonna have issues Mm -hmm. with your relationship if you're not aligned with yourself you're constantly gonna be anxious and scared and worried and concerned and like it's it's gonna bring everything up to the surface Mm -hmm. so i truly feel like that is what a baby helps a woman to do is to transform her or bring all of the shit to light that she needs to deal with anything else you want to talk about uh real quick before we wrap it up Mm, i think the last thing is just like going off of that the knowledge is is power like the best way that we can contribute to our own self-love our process is to educate ourselves is to empower ourselves is to give ourselves the love that we seek right in others and to be to serve to try to serve as a good example yeah 100 Mm percent like i agree self-love man that is such a powerful thing because to be honest uh, i think it's probably the biggest um issue in i'll just talk about america i don't Mm -hmm. know other countries but i'm sure all the countries are pretty much the same um and uh yeah i mean the more you love something the better you take care of it Mm -hmm. obviously right you know what i mean so love yourselves you know what i mean Mm -hmm. imagine (laughs) if everybody loved themselves yeah that would be utopia yeah (laughs) um but yeah well um thank you thank you thank you this was amazing yeah i I mean this is our first podcast in a while but we're glad to be back um you know if you're new to the channel thank you please subscribe hit that little subscribe button uh smash the like button 
Uh, if you like this podcast, uh, check out her previous podcast. We'll leave all the links in the description below. Uh, again, Rosa, thank you so much. Uh, Jess, any last words? Are you going to try to have an orgasmic birth? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> We're going to see. I'm going to yeah. film yeah, it. Let's go. Let's oh, see how God. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the link to that in, when yeah. it, in like uh, four months. I have a funny, uh, February 2020. Is, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that's the perfect uh, place to end this year. Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks, Jess. Thank By the way, so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, follow, follow your, your bliss. bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.